Hey guys, welcome to the show. It is Cooper. This episode of the podcast being brought to you by TechNet. Now, TechNet is a nationwide network of automotive repair shops. So if you get work done at a TechNet shop in Carbondale, PA, you've got support across the country, even into Canada, eh? They think us Wisconsinites sound like Canadians, but we really don't. So if you run into trouble with your vehicle, just call up the TechNet hotline or hit up their website and you get directed to a TechNet member shop near you. And there's over 9,600 of them. It's called the TechNet Nation. TechNet shops provide customers with dependable service backed by a nationwide warranty for at least 24 months or 24,000 miles, a roadside hazard tire protection plan, a roadside assistance plan, and much more. They call it Competence Delivered. For more information and to find a TechNet member shop in your area, hit up members.technetprofessional.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's TechNet. Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com who the fuck says WWW anymore? I can't even say it. WWWWW. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Check, 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 one, check, check. Welcome to Cooperville! Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Hey, what's going on, ladies and gents? It's Cooper. Welcome to the podcast, episode number four of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Available, of course, on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. You can even ask your, I shouldn't say it a lot, but your Alexa device to play the podcast, so we're, we're everywhere. Uh, really excited today to talk to uh, my friend Dan Marcon of Marcon Shooting and so many other ventures. I know now officially head of security at both Country and Rockfest. Yeah. You kind of have it all. Yep, that's what they've been told. <laughs> a Birchwood kid. I am, yep. Small town up north, uh, north of Rice Lake. And a bar kid as well. I was, yep. It's kind of weird when you say that outside of Wisconsin. <laughs> what does a bar kid mean? I think there's two different um, there's two different types of bar kids. There's bar kids whose parents, like yours, had a bar for what forty years, forty plus years. Yeah, yeah. still own it, still for sale. So, and there's kids like me who are bar kids that just had a dad who was an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> like, what yeah. are we doing? Oh, let's see. Uh, we're gonna stop here, here, and here on the way home. And it's completely normal up here in Wisconsin. We have no fear. That was called a trap line. <laughs> That's the official title. Yep. And then you learned how to drive when you're in between 10 and 12. Just yep. scoot the seat up a little bit. Yep. You can reach the pedals. We're going to be, and my dad always had really big trucks, which made it really difficult because I, you know, I was blessed with uh, my family genetics, which is uh, really long legs, but a, a shorter torso when you're smaller than you finally grow into your body at about 30. Um, <laughs> so, so I was always like, well, my legs can reach the pedals, but I just can't quite see over the steering wheel, dad. It's like, it's okay. Don't touch the cup holder. You'll be fine. Uh, and then spent some time in the Navy, first and foremost. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, it's one of those things that um, really tried hard to instill this in my own child, is if you see somebody in uniform, and we've been out, we've been at Quick Trip, we've been at out at a restaurant, and I say, if you see somebody who's in uniform, or if you see somebody who's wearing a, a veteran's hat, you go up and you thank them. And uh, so I always have such the highest appreciation for uh, for guys who served. I had many family members who, who served. And it's, it's always fun for me because I have uh, a really close cousin who was in the Navy. And I have a really close cousin who was in the Marine Corps. And it's always fun to see Navy guys and Marine oh. Corps guys in the same room together. And as a civilian, you used to just sit back and you just listen to them, you know, knowing they're all fighting for the same team. Yep. But they have outspoken opinions on on the other branch. You should hang out with us sometime <laughs> at the shop. We got Navy, Army, Marines, um, one Air Force guy every now and then. So it's, it's <laughs> I saw the hand go. Yeah, but the Air Force guys, you know, the smart, the those smart guys <laughs> yep. over there in the Air Force. Um, but I want to talk to you about a lot of things. Um, Marcon Shooting is uh, is you know your company right now, uh, a shooting range which you opened up uh, a couple of years back. Uh, so there's a lot of things I want to go through with that. But I think that we uh, and we kind of talked about this before the podcast started. Is um, we're living in a very weird time. I think from both sides of the spectrum because I think in one avenue we're living in the most amazing time that there ever has been in the history of humanity. 
from a technological standpoint, you have access to the answer to any question you could possibly ask ever. That's crazy. And remembering back to being in school and teachers always saying, well, you're never going to have an Encyclopedia Britannica with you. You're never going to have a calculator with you. Well, no, I'm going to have a calculator and encyclopedia and Google, which will have answers to anything I have uh, a question for. That's true. So I think, you know, technology has has made us obviously a very connected world. It has made us a very, uh, you know, most cases, a very knowledgeable world. If you want to know how to fix something on your vehicle and you don't know how to do it, you go to YouTube. Exactly. It's that simple. Uh, but I think with the way the that technology has moved, we've moved into a really weird area as as human beings. It's a it's a strange state of mind because I think with that technology, with a lot of people living and breathing, and not paying attention to where they're walking, uh, living on their devices, mo- their mobile devices, some people can get kind of lost down the rabbit hole a little bit, which I think is a, as a parent, um, as a husband. As an American who, you know, cares for my neighbors. You know, right. I care about this guy. I care about that guy. The guy back there, you know, that's fine. He, he said his garbage sitting outside on this deck since like December. So I'm a little worried about him. I should probably go check on him. Um, the concern, in, in, I think, from my perspective, because I don't own a gun. I didn't grow up in a, you know, my dad didn't hunt. I wasn't really exposed to that as a kid. So it's something that never really was in my Peripheral. I never had a, an opinion against guns. I wasn't like, no, you, you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be able to conceal and carry. Right. You shouldn't be able to do this. Um, but you know, for me, growing up most of the time up here in the Chippewa Valley area, I did spend some time in Madison before um, in my early twenties. But coming back up here, it's a safe place. You feel safe most of the time. You know, the news stories you can you can tell when it's a slow news day when they're like, hey, let's go talk to the plow truck guy again and see. Hey, I know we asked you on Tuesday, but where are you going to put the snow now? But there is an underlying, I think, I think it's fear. I think there is a, there's a fear of not wanting to be caught in a situation where somebody else has the upper hand. A lot of that can be, can, you know, if you watch enough of the news, local or national news, you know that you're probably never going to be in a situation where you would need to have a gun on you. But I think you see other situations and say, hey, you know what, if that person would have had a gun on them, maybe the situation would have been a little bit differently. And I know you have um, a vast knowledge of, you know, of the laws and you have a vast knowledge of, of weaponry, but I want to talk about conceal and carry just to start off with your thoughts on it. I know that there's, uh, is, there's some things going on in, in, in Wisconsin right now, but just first and foremost, your, your, your opinion about the conceal and carry laws. Conceal carry is a, is a, great thing i think um mm-hmm. i know guys that have carried for years and never had a license and still to this day are like i'm not ever going to get a license because mm-hmm. basically screw them um myself i've been concealed carrying since roughly probably 1996 mm-hmm. um legally illegally whatever um in my prior professions and just in the livelihood that we've lived um now that it got licensed and you can get a license for it you pay your 40 dollars, all that stuff um However, the way Wisconsin did it with Scott Walker, mm-hmm. pros or cons again on, on that, um, I feel as the person seeing people come in with firearms that you should have some type of training. Now, right, now, absolutely. Now, Minnesota has it where you got to take an eight-hour course, six- to eight-hour course, and you have to prove that you can actually shoot a firearm. It doesn't have to be the one you're going to carry. It has to be a firearm. Mm-hmm. So you can shoot a twenty-two and then carry a 9 millimeter. not a big deal. Some states have it where you got to shoot the gun that you're going to carry from serial numbers to make model the whole works. Um, that gun has to be registered to you. If you and I are just buddies and we're sitting around watching TV on a Sunday and I'm not an FFL dealer like I am now, and I say, hey, Coop, you want to check out my 9mm? I can sell that to you for a couple hundred bucks, and you can carry that now in the state of Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. is fine. I'm all for all private gun ownership, no big deal. However, when you see somebody come in and they've been carrying a firearm for two or three or four years, because they sent in their hunter safety that they got when they were 12 and now they're 40 and they don't know if they can carry here or there, but they watched it on YouTube or talked to their buddy at the bar. Right. And you see a guy at the bar drinking a beer, which is illegal with a firearm on. Um, and they start asking you questions because they didn't want to spend the $75 to go to class. It kind of makes you a little, little awkward. You know, I mean, me being in the business I am and in training, that's our probably our number one thing. That's how we got into mark on shooting. Mm-hmm. We didn't just start selling guns 10 years ago. We started doing training. Um, the gun thing just came in the backside of it. So we're not definitely not know-it-alls on all firearms, but we know what we know and how we use them. 
So I think there should be a shooting portion of it. Um, you know, I mean, I could drive when I was 12. I could back a hay wagon up. I could back up a boat trailer. I could drive across the counties, all that stuff. But I still had to take a license when I was 16. Right. Um, just to prove to somebody that I did. Now, I got good friends of mine that are like, you know, oh, screw that. We didn't have to take it back in 1776. All right, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> that's, again, that's that's and that's a big rabbit hole. Right. And I think a lot of, depending on what what side, and it's always you know the, the side that is the loudest, seems to garner a lot of the attention. And that you know that may or may not be the official stance of the vast majority of even that side of whatever political aisle or ever, however you feel about guns. It's always the loudest people that seem to garner the most attention, and therefore you know people tend to you know, follow themselves down the rabbit hole. Well, you know, it was back in 1776 when they, you know, right. the constitution and they weren't thinking AR 15s back then. They're like, well, sharpen your bayonet right. <laughs> on the end, just in case you're in close combat. But you know, now for today's world, now Scott Walker's gone and, um, that other guy's in Tony Evers, Dean, Tony Evers. Thank you. Um, he's going to be having to come up with some money. We already see this, mm-hmm. you know, not obviously to get into the politics, but, for $40 for a concealed carry license and a renewal is $25. Is he going to up that? He can. You know, he's not going to say, we're not going to have no concealed carry because the state would go crazy. Right. We have over half a million people that actually have licenses that concealed carry and plus everybody else are gun people. Mm-hmm. So if he says, you know, a license is going to cost $200 and a renewal is going to cost $100 and you're going to have to do training and this and that, he can do that without going through all the house and you know all that stuff michigan costs five hundred dollars minnesota costs you know up to a hundred dollars other states california costs a couple thousand dollars it's pretty crazy across the country you start looking at multiple states and different states laws the the governors get money from that way i mean it's just a way it's like a taxation basically yeah and i think there's um there is something to be said about where where that money ends up if you've driven in Wisconsin anytime uh, lately on pretty much any road, that's why you never see a lowrider in Wisconsin because they, uh, you bought them out and you lose a couple thousand dollars in suspension. Um, but so I you know the, about the uh, you know, raising the, the fees and stuff like that. Would you feel like there's going to be a, a huge pushback from the concealed carry, the people that already have their licenses to see that increase? Because it doesn't feel to me like it is a we're going to raise the price so that there's less of them. It feels like we need to raise the price because there's some budgetary things that we need to take care of. Right. And that's what they're going to tax it. They're going to tax on different things. You know, right. we're already talking gas tax mm-hmm. um, because everybody drives. So, but the concealed carry license and we know how they, how he stands on firearms to begin with. It's just the party. Um, that's one way of not getting people not to carry. It's just getting more money in their pockets for the use of whatever they may want to use it for. Um, they don't just make money and then it's there. I mean, they got to come from from somewhere. So, right. and concealed carry license, I foresee it to be at least a hundred bucks. That's just mine. That's sixty bucks per person more. I see renewals being right in that seventy-five, just because that's roughly what Minnesota is, mm-hmm. and they kind of judge by the you know the local areas of what their training and stuff is. Did and you it, grow up in a in a hunting family? Did you have you know, deer hunting and I did. All um, that stuff. Yep, we had off from you know the. The Friday before Thanksgiving was yep. like a national holiday, and then not the Friday after Thanksgiving like it is now for shopping. It was the Friday <laughs> before, so, you, you know, right. you could, one, drive Dad home because he was probably drunk, <laughs> um, and then go hang out with your cousins. But, yeah, we hunted, um, but we hunted to eat. You know, we didn't right. we didn't trophy hunt. We owned My mom and stepdad owned a farm plus the bar. My dad worked on the road. He lived in town. Um, he'd come home. I'd hunt with both families. Um, but we also may or may not have hunted in October and December because when you had multiple kids to feed right. and back in the eighties, when farm rates and interest rates were 20% for your house, you had to get meat somewhere, somewhere. So the whole horn thing, if it was a six pointer, that was a huge buck. Right. Um, you know, we didn't really hunt for horns. We hunted for, for meat, you know, big does, bucks of any kind, um, swamp bucks. We hunted for for hours at a time before you'd see another human so but yeah it was mainly i didn't bow hunt dad didn't my stepdad didn't believe that on the property just because too many people just stick them and let them right not trail them Mm -hmm. um so yeah um, we hunted um now when i got older went in the navy and my life the way after that um lost a few friends up there in the whole shooting thing then Mm -hmm. so i haven't hunted a whole lot since i've been down the eau claire area when you grow up around around firearms and I didn't 
But I, and maybe I'm, I don't want to say I'm the exception to the rule. I am, if you ask my wife, on a few other different things. But that's she's upstairs and can't come and comment. But um, it seems like there is a uh, the there's a line that kind of grow up around guns, and it's not something that you are I want to say innately put in fear of when you're younger. I was a city, you know, I, I was half city kid. You know, my mom lived in the city. You know, my dad lived out, you know, a little bit further out. So it, there was a little bit different of a mentality. We had cable at one house. We didn't at the other. Ooh. I know. And it was, it was, it was wild. <laughs> you know, so you get exposed to things on TV. And I think, you know, their perception was, oh, guns are bad, you know. Right. But then having that country living, even though my dad wasn't a hunter, plenty of people around him were. So there was plenty of exposure to, you know, okay, I, I have seen deer hanging from, you know, hanging in garages. And, and I've yep. seen them, you know, field dressed and all this yep. other things. The gun factor of it. It seems like if you've never been around it, there's a feeling that you can, all, for some reason, take a stand against it. Like you've never seen it in a hunting scenario. You've never right. seen it in a uh, a police scenario. A lot of the most outspoken against guns, and, and I'll get into, are they coming to take them? But the ones that are outspoken against it. And I, and I think there is, if you're not exposed to it, if you don't see it, if it's not like, not a big deal to you, like we were at, uh, I was just mentioning the Wisconsin Sports Show the other weekend. Yep. And a, a gentleman came in, and they hadn't posted if it was, you know, no concealed carry here. Uh, so, therefore, they were allowed in, and they went. I guess to me it wasn't like, a, oh, my gosh, there's a guy with a gun on his hip. It, it didn't, right. like, affect me much because I, you know, understand the laws and stuff. The fact that he was wearing a giant Confederate flag hoodie threw me off a little bit, but that seemed here nor there. But it, it just seems like there's a lot of a lot of people that are not fully educated on on weaponry and on guns and on the reason that people want to have them, that are the ones that are speaking out against it. Do you agree with that? That is. Um, most of it's online, you know, not, oh, yeah. not so much around here. Um, but, yeah, it's the people that don't know about what I say. They don't know what they don't know. Right. You know, I mean, I could say I'm against whatever because I don't know it. I wasn't raised like that. Mm-hmm. Um, learn learn about it. Get to know it. If you don't like it, then keep your mouth shut. Just because you don't like it don't mean somebody else don't have to like it. Right. Um, that's kind of how we grew up. Because if you didn't, mom would smoke you. Um, <laughs> I, ah, memories. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's you know that's the biggest stance, and that's what makes most of the people, the gun people, so upset. Mm-hmm. Is because they they're on CNN, they're on MSNBC, they're on these uh, programs, and they're sitting there describing stuff, and they're so far off. It's not even close. Right. You know, they're calling the gun the wrong thing. Um, you got these professionals or experts that are saying that, you know, it does this, it does that. And we're sitting there shaking our head going, no, that's not how any of this works. You know, just, you know, you don't have to pay us $10,000 to be on here. You <laughs> just got to call us and ask us. And that's one good thing that the local stations do. Mm-hmm. I got to give them credit. Um, you know, the local TV stations here in the Valley usually contact us and we're pretty good about it. And I have a meeting with the, you know, the young ladies that usually come out to video videotape. And I'm, I always tell them, you know, don't cut anything in. Don't stack my words. Um, please. Yeah. You know, and I leave Don't that. take it out of context. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're like, nope, nope, we won't. And I always watch the videos and stuff when they come on TV and we always get good positive reviews. But for the most part, 99% of that stuff is, is pretty good. You know, we had one instance um, last year or two years ago now, and they left us alone on it. They called right. for comment and I just, no comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, and that was fine. They'd left it, they left it at that. But anything that happens in the national media, usually they'll try to get a feedback from us. Mm-hmm. And we try to turn it into, you know, at least knowledge. Right. And they're great about it. Yeah. I think educating people is is really the key. It is. Because um, I, and I'll ask you this question, you know, right off the bat, is the so, the social media world that we live in. And really anybody from anywhere in any country and any can comment on, on a post you put up or can, can send you a message. Do you get a lot of harassment on social media, I mean, is there is there people that you know just be, and not just like a, a personal attack on you necessarily, but because of the industry that you're in, because of what you are providing, is there people that that just blatantly you know go onto a, a Facebook search or go onto a you you know find you and just just because of where you you know what you're doing that will attack you? Once in a while, we'll have some stuff pop up, and right. we're and we're pretty good on it. You know, we have we have two pages now. Um, and we're fast on responding to all the questions and comments. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had one, I was, li- I do live feeds every Friday morning right. on one of the pages. And I try to do one on the weekends on the other, but we had one guy, they call it a troll, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they started popping up on after a school incident stating that we were teaching people how to be school shooters. 
and it threw me for a loop. Right. I mean, I'm sitting there watching stuff because I try to respond to the few that come through. You know, hey Dan, good morning. How's it going? Yada yada. And and um, my mind goes a hundred different miles. But when it saw that, and it just it just locked me up. And I mean, it was bad enough where once we were done, my mom called me and was like what the hell was that? You know, right. What was that guy all about? Well, before she called me, I called a couple guys that can backdoor, I guess, some stuff on Facebook. And they know a guy who knows the guy. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so hey, I'm, I'm cool with that. I may need their number later. Yeah. I'm not saying. So that was, you know, I was like, hey, check this dude out and see where he's at and mm-hmm. see what's up. And he was out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area is what they could figure out. And and um, that was the last time we saw or heard of him through our page. But some of the stuff that we see, you know, we'll, we get, you know, people can like our page because we're not a friend page and right. after request, so it's just a like. But we try to do some, if they start commenting a lot, we'll get on there, myself or Joe or um, Stickman or whatever. They'll get on there and start checking out their back profile, make sure it's a legit profile. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we just shut it down, right. at least that one. So, but yeah, every now and then, but not so, not, not too much. I mean, you know, we're actually ready. You know, we've talked about when we built, you know, what happens if somebody protests on the end of the parking lot? Right. It's it's legal. They can do that. You know, I'm like, well, I'd look at it as advertisement. You know, <laughs> I mean, throw them a sticker. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fantastic. Usually, the coinciding conversation when you do talk about guns and you talk about uh, conceal and carry, you're talking about you know gun ownership, um, is is the issue of, of background checks and the issue of mental health. Um, and we'll get into the mental health aspect of it because I think there's uh, there is a lot more to be said about that that I think is being maybe spoken about in the national media. I think the 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 gun owner. The person with the gun gets talked about a lot. Right. Um, mental stability maybe doesn't get it, it, it's it's briefly mentioned. I think sometimes it gets swept under the rug. So I want to talk to you about that in a minute. Um, but but background checks. Um, what is the current law of background checks if someone wants to come in and purchase a gun in the state of Wisconsin? So today, before I got here, we sold several guns. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come in if you're going to buy a handgun. You have to fill out two forms of um, um, paperwork. Mm-hmm. One is a carbon copy. It's for the state. I have to hold that for 20 years, plus the federal copy I have to hold for another 20 years. If we ever shut down in that time, I have to send them into them. Um, so you'd come in, I look at your driver's license, have to have some form of ID, state ID. Handguns can only be sold to residents of that state, mm-hmm. and that's across the nation. Minnesota residents come in, they can buy the gun, but I have to ship it to another FFL, which is a federal firearms license dealer in Minnesota, where they do their paperwork over there, and then they take possession of it there. Um, so we get the handgun form done. We get the long gun form done or the feds form done. We call the state of Wisconsin, read off your driver's license number along with some other numbers mm-hmm. that they give us, and then they do a background check. If you have parking tickets, speeding tickets, disorderly conduct tickets, whatever, they're going to look that. They're going to look at everything in your history. Right. If you're a female and you have multiple names because of married, divorce, that type of thing, they're going to look at all that. So it sometimes it can be what we call instantaneously. They look at it, you're pretty clean. Nothing out there. Right. Boom, you're good. You can walk home with a gun in 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, back in the day, I say this about three years ago, they got away from the three-day waiting period because studies found that the person that is going to do harm isn't going to go in and buy a gun legally. Right. And then wait three days. And it didn't, the cool-off period is what they called it. didn't really do anything pro or con for it. Um, if you want to buy a long gun, a shotgun, a rifle, um, that type of thing, a carbine, you would have to come in, just do the long gun form, give us your social security number. You don't have to, but it does help to pass it. And then we call in the feds along with your driver's license number. We give them that. Um, it's actually the federal government. It's the FBI. Right. They do what's called a NICS check, and they do a background check on you, and then they approve it or deny it. Um, and then they'll put you on wait. And usually about two out of five people go on wait just because there's another name of you know, Dan Mark on in the country. Right. So they got to check out both of us now. Um, it it uh, it ain't as easy as everybody says just walking and buying a gun. Right. By no means. I think that's one of the things that gets lost. And, you know, no matter what news network you watch, it gets – you get the feeling when you watch a news story about it. And, and, and it usually always happens after there is a major tragedy. Right. Um, they always go in, like – and you've said it yourself. They, they contact you when something happens. But they talk about, you know, the background check thing. And from the sounds of things, it's it's as thorough as you can get. It and that, is. That's on, and that's on a looking into your criminal background, if you have one. And if something pops up that's like, mm, right. we, we need to probably take a, either a second look at this or just flat out deny you, you know, the right to carry this. But I think there's the other side of that is if you are going into purchase a firearm, 
chances are you know you have a criminal record or unless you you know drank too much the night before and you're like oh i forgot that that happened <laughs> that was not me so it, it it feels like the the background check is a pretty thorough thing you know and the tough part i think cuz this is something that i dealt with on a personal level not personal me personal but somebody very close to me probably had some drinking tickets in someone in his day mm-hmm. uh but somebody uh, a cousin of mine who was an amazing man genuine dude grew up with him uh, we lived in menominee for well, I, they lived in Menominee their whole lives. I lived there for seven years out of my life. I moved a lot as a child. We knew, like for most of his life, that he, there was always a screw that was a little bit ajar. Um, we accepted him for that. Um, he went on to, um, he worked at a local TV station. He was doing great things, uh, was in a, a relationship, was able to, with a, a fairly clean background, because it's that simple, yep. went in one afternoon to uh, a local big name. I air-quoted that. This is yep. a podcast. Nobody can see that. Right. Uh, I air-quoted. Uh, went in uh, one afternoon and was able to purchase a handgun. Obviously, they did the same the right. same thing. They went and did a background check and found out, well, this is steadily employed and has never really had much incident in his in his uh, in his past criminally. Two days later, in a hotel room, he shot himself in the head. Yep. Now, obviously, that was a very hard thing for for me to deal with, just because of the loss. There was a certain part of me that I don't want to say, I, I hate saying I knew that it was going to happen. Right. I hate saying that I, I, I saw it from, you know, I want to say teen years, but maybe, um, into the twenties understood that there, there had been some times where we're like, dude, you know, let's, let's talk or let's, uh, you should maybe talk to somebody who's more educated than me, um, right. who has a North high school diploma. That's not worth much. So I think, you know, when, when we talk about the people that are doing these kind of things and suicide is, is, is one, you know, kind of off topic reason uh, or one off topic shoot of this. When you talk about people who will go and do Vegas or go and do Parkland or go and do Sandy Hook, all those other things, these people are clearly mentally unstable. And I don't think anybody on either side of whatever political view or gun view you have, nobody wants this shit to happen. I mean, that's, right. there's, you know, the stuff that happened in New Zealand, nobody wants this stuff to happen. There is probably not, and I'll ask you because you're in, you're closer to the the forefront of this and you're, you know, one of the lines of defense against this. There is, there is probably not a way, you know, you can't call a physician, you know, you don't call the, um, you know, the background check is, is going with what they've done criminally. It doesn't go with, well, you know, they've been in suicide watch or they were in this, you know, they were keeping an eye on it for this reason. Um, is there a, is there a thought, is there any way that mental health checks can also be run when somebody's trying to purchase a firearm legally? Cause legally is the toughest part. Legally there isn't cause it's HEPA. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows about HEPA. I yep. mean, your wife goes to the doctor today. You can't call tomorrow to get ch- tests for her because she's right there in the vehicle with you on the speakerphone. Mm-hmm. It, it, it ain't going to happen. Um, now they try to do some stuff with the VA because our files are open to pretty bunch anybody, and they say because the government already has them, if we're suffering from PTSD, that we can't have firearms. Well, that's kind of ironic that you sent us into the harm's way, and then we obviously we have PTSD yeah. for whatever reason. That doesn't mean we're going to go kill people. Yeah, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it you know? Yeah, veteran suicide is more than normal. Is it good or bad? Either way, they're you know they're. Re- um, what's the word like resilient men and women? They're yes, gonna find a, they're gonna find a way either way, mm-hmm. whether it's that way or jump off a bridge or whatever. Um, you know the suicide thing. When when I opened a range, I did a lot of study. I didn't just have a ton of money and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna open a range one day." Right, see that or a bar, hmm. you know. <laughs> so one of the two. yeah. So when when I did the range thing, I, I traveled around the country. I went to Vegas. I talked to what they call Shot Show. I went into Shot Show, did Shot Show universities. Um, went to other ranges, went to Action Targets universities, um, really did my homework on it for years. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, when I opened, it wasn't um, if someone was going to kill themselves at my place. It was when. Right. Um, we made it just about two years. Um, and for my personal experience, you know, I was in the prison system as the good guy, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was, was a sergeant. He, he he was on the other side of the, yeah. the glass and the, the I bars. Could, I could go home nightly. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd see guys hanging. I'd see guys cut themselves, you right. know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But when the guy came in and um, talked to me normal, we just had a conversation like we're having now about his cabin and kids and stuff like that. 
and he rented a firearm that we because you can try before you buy at our place and went out on the range and shot 34 rounds and the 35th one he ate it right. and i was watching him do it so i mean he was he literally just put his head down like he was going to pray and shoved the gun right to the back of his head and, and pulled the trigger so that you know at the time you're sitting there and you're you know afterwards and you're sitting there after all the police are there and stuff and you're you're wondering, you know, is this worth it? Right. You know, yeah, I found out things later that there was no way I could have known that. Mm-hmm. Um, his history and stuff and things like that. So, and I didn't question, you know, man, I wish I'd have known more. Because what I did something different. Your day runs so fast that right. it you can't. I mean, does should somebody be driving that has their eighth OWI? Right. They take the license away, but they can still yeah, drive. That doesn't stop anybody yeah, from driving. They don't cut their feet, their hands off, you know, not in this country. So yeah, let me just write that down. That you know, actually, if I'm going to run for office ever, I'm going to put that on the list. Oh, we got a whole whole bunch of things for the list. <laughs> so those are different things that you know they say it's a good idea if they just get out of a um, institution, if you would, you know, a psychiatric institution. Right. Um, then yes, that should be on court record, and court records are accessed that type of stuff through this. Um, if they're deemed mentally unstable by court, they will not get a firearm. Right. So until then, it's, you know, hands are tied. Um, but I think there's a lot more people doing different things than, you know, as sad as it is and as much publicized as it is, the mass shootings, yeah, they they happen. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're so publicized. Right. You know, people want their name in the thing. You know, the guy in New Zealand, his manifesto was basically so we could have more gun control in the U.S. That was part of it, so that we've seen so far. Um, but how many times have trucks been used as bombs have airplanes you know and and no one stops all that right so in my world you know we're the we're the evil guys but we're also the good guys we're the guys you come to when when something happens and you need something stopped or answers answered um they come to us so do you think that there is a i want to say a way because because there never will be a way to well i shouldn't say that because i think we opened something about technology and and how fast uh you know, the iPhone was is like a decade old. I think it's ten years old, um, and even before that, when we were using crazy things like flip phones, and before that, when we were using things like rotary phones, kids, those actually, I shouldn't say that. My kids saw a rotary phone at my at uh, my in laws' house one day and looked at it like a monkey doing a math problem, like. <laughs> What in the fuck is that thing? Like, I have no... I'm like, well, when, when we used to have to make phone calls... Right. <laughs> but it, technology, the way technology just jumps and it jumps. And, and where we are now is, you know, the technology is there to actually be five years ahead of where we are now. So there will be, a, I think, a point, as creepy as it sounds, you know, when, you t- when you, you're going to be living in a world where semi-trucks are not driven by semi-drivers, right. where cars are not driven by human beings, where... To think that there's not a chip out there that's yep. going to go into your brain and we can read your thoughts, or you're going to have a, yep. uh, you know, my dog, I can find him wherever he goes because he's got a chip in the back of his, uh, back of his neck. But you know, when you talk about mental health, it doesn't matter because the people that are going to go and find guns right. are probably not coming to you, who's doing it the right way, who's doing right. it legally, who's making the phone call down to the state, who's doing the paperwork. They'll find a way to get them. Is there a way? The focus seems to be a lot on guys like you, and but there's there seems to be less attention being paid to. If I wanted a gun and I didn't want to go to Marcon and get it, or I didn't want to go somewhere, uh, you know, and legally obtain one, I could probably. How long do you think? Ten minutes, fifteen minutes online, I could probably find somebody who's like, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'll get you. Whatever, oh yeah, whatever you need. Yep. Should there be more attention being paid to that kind of trade, that kind of sale? There is. I mean. Facebook shut down all the gun all the gun sites. Right. I mean, we got shut down last year. Um, just we didn't even post anything. It was just a weird thing that happened, which we won't get into. I'm not sure why, but they shut down all that stuff. Google's, you know, Google and Facebook are mm-hmm. together, obviously. And then, you know, you get into Instagram, and then you get into this, and you get into that, and everybody's owned by you know the big thing. And I just saw something the other day as far as the CIA and Facebook, you know. Are one <laughs> they're thing, they're in cahoots basically. Oh man, yeah. Now Alexa's I, that's still a whole other thing, but um, you know, cell phones and, but yeah, it's um, that's all available. Um, mm-hmm. can they stop it? Is drugs are illegal? I mean, and I know I can find those right. So, you know, and they're not just illegal; they're goddamn illegal. Yeah. I mean, 
heroin, um, methamphetamines. I mean, people are yeah, losing fentanyl, their, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. People are losing their life over this stuff daily. Kids are it's wrecking homes. Kids are you know that's the saddest part yeah. of it. And and um, but people are still doing it, and they're still finding it more and more and more and more. So people are like, well, we're going to take the guns away. Well, the people that are actually that tell people they have guns are the hunters and the dads and the moms right. that use them for protection and stuff. Those are the people you're hurting. You know, we it's a it's that rabbit hole we try not to get into. But if you make the crime fit the time, basically, I mean, being in the prison system for 13 plus years, yeah. those guys got better medication and benefits than I did as a veteran and mm. still to this day do. I mean, they get vitamins that make them stronger, faster, you know, more cognitive as far as that. Plus, they get schooling and all that stuff. When we get out of the service, it's like, hey, good luck. You know, let us know. Yeah, go team, USA. Yep. Wave the flag. Yep. You know, we'll set you up an appointment in three months um, and maybe get you in and figure out what's going on. So it it's a big deal. I mean, yeah, guns are just an item, but those that... You know, so is drugs. And yeah. to me, your situations, you know, with your cousin, um, I've seen family members in drug drug industry, the same thing, you know. And it's like I'm more mad at that than I am at the gun thing. So we're going to talk about New Zealand a little bit because they just passed, well, they will be passing their ban on AR-15s uh, after the, the mosque shootings uh, from last week. Um, I've thought about it, not much. But trying to conceptualize it in knowing that that conversation has has been brought up here in the states, you know, it, it started with I think you know it started before Vegas, but that was like the one I think really brought it to to people's attention. Um, and I, and I thought about it after Vegas, um, and then now knowing that uh, New Zealand is is going into a full on AR-15 ban, um, that's not going to stop anything. Right. You know, I I understand. You know, there will no longer. You know, if if you were carrying AR-15s and I wanted to come in and buy one, now I can't if I lived in New Zealand because you're no longer allowed to sell them. Okay, you are a reputable, licensed gun dealer following the law because you would like to keep your business open and not, right. you know, be doing shady shit on the side. Right. But if somebody in New Zealand or somebody in Australia or somebody in China or somebody in Ireland, my home, my home country, miss you all, <laughs> uh, or somebody in Chippewa Falls somehow, some way wants to get their hands on an AR-15, a a ban on it, and this goes back to, I think, the drug thing, too. If you want fentanyl, if you want meth, if you want heroin or coke, um, I won't get into pot because, you know, we're, we're all, we're all going to be high as fuck here in a couple of years, right. and it's going to be great. But if you want something bad enough, if your mind has told you, here's what I need to complete whatever your mind is telling you you're going to complete, nothing will stop you from finding that thing. Right. Because those people know in New Zealand or in Vegas, or in Colorado, wherever they are, they are not going to the legal places to go and get their business right. done. They're finding ways, and there are ways, whether it's, you know, the the black web, or it's, you know, the know a guy who knows the guy thing, or hey, you know, yeah, if you if you want to, oh, hey, I'm just going to use this for this, or I'd really be cool to go and, and do, they're going to find it. Does do, do bans on things, and maybe you've already answered this with the drug question, do you think the ban in New Zealand is going to stop any future incidents with AR-15s in that country? I don't think so. And it's only the, the one time that it was ever happened was just last week. Right. As, as devastating as it was, um, it was it was a very sad situation. He started out with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, the time that it took him, 30-some minutes, I think it, the total thing was, he could have did the same thing with a single shot practically right. or a lever action. The black gun scenario that everybody talks about the military style gun the ar-15 the m16 whatever you would the m4 um is just that i mean you can do the same thing with a 22 with mm -hmm. a 30 odd six with a you know whatever it's and people say well we don't really need military style weapons again 1776 the guns that we hunted with were the military weapons um in 1903 then you know the 303 british those are all military style weapons that came into civilian world that ended up being our models for our deer hunting guns we have today right it's the same thing it's you know nobody needs a car that this is my this is my um bitch basically nobody needs a car that does 150 miles an hour however if you have the money you can buy one nobody needs a car that does 100 miles an hour every one of our vehicles do 100 miles an hour because there ain't a highway in this country you can mm -hmm. legally do that but if you hit a tree you will die 75 80 miles an hour is the highest speed limit across the country right. but they all do faster than that so if i want a gun that shoots faster rounds so be it that's my deal if i have it 
And I was at that mosque, and I had my handgun, and I was concealed carrying, and he started lighting up. I probably wouldn't be bowing down in the corner trying to protect people because right. that's not protecting. I'm trying to shield. You know, you engage. Um, it's it's some people do it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how that's how we're trained. That's how we that's how we train each other. So it's not going to do anything as far as stopping those shootings. So if he didn't have it, he would have just did a bomb or did some type of mustard gas that you can make on YouTube right. very easily. Um, and that takes a lot more people out than that does. So if there would have been 200 people in that mosque and he killed 40 of them, which is a tragic thing, he would have killed 200 of them with some type of gas. It's, yeah. it's just the way it goes. Personal opinion. I, I mean, I don't give a fuck what anybody owns. Arm yourself to the teeth. We talked 1776 a couple times now. Um, I think there is um, a lot of, and, and maybe it's the day and age, maybe it's too many documentaries on Netflix, but I, I, I do think that as a citizen of the United States of America, you should have protection not only for your home, but if the government happens to run amok, yep. whether it is or it isn't in the, its current state or whether it's headed that direction, but if we become a policed state and we become... You know, the citizens should have and do have, according to the Constitution, a right to rise up against their government should it become, uh, should it get to a certain level of fucked upness. Let's right. talk about that. Um, so if you want to have an AR-15, that doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. You can have one. Uh, I think my wife's getting a really cute pink gun. Um, so, you know, we'll be, I'm sure we'll be safe. I'm actually going to Dan's house when that, <laughs> when the shit hits the fan, that's where I'm going. Is there a line? between what and and it's great that you you have military service and again I, I thank you so much for uh for serving the country should there be a line of what civilians can own what veterans can own and what you know the military has itself like it's cool you know you can go in and get an ar-15 you can get an m16 you can get you know all this weaponry that you can get legally if i have the resources if i have the funding if this podcast takes off and gets 200 million <laughs> listens Hell and all yeah. of a sudden the the cash is flowing in and i'm just bathing in it um the first thing i buy is not going to be a tank if i could buy a helicopter and right. then i could buy some artillery to put on that helicopter right. should there be a line in your opinion you know what yes you can own this yes you can own that okay that's a little bit much that you know you shouldn't have you shouldn't have a tank in the garage I'm a tank. I know guys that have tanks. So, okay, and they're pretty goddamn cool. So, okay. can we let's go meet that guy? Because I want, let's go hang out with him for a weekend. That's a guy I know, so I'll bring you up there this summer. Awesome. Look forward to it. He has a half track, but I mean, as far as like a rocket launcher, do you need a rocket launcher? No. I mean, would it be cool to have one? Hell yeah, <laughs> I'd love to have a rocket launcher. But um, it it goes back to people with, well, let's go um the full autos. Mm-hmm. Okay, same thing. So. The government has full auto machine guns. That's when you pull the trigger one time and it just keeps going. Yep. Um, nobody has ever used a full auto in any any um, massacre or shooting that has been out yet. Um, at least civilian wise. I mean, yeah, Uganda and those things, of course, right. but that's military um, crazy stuff over there. So the Las Vegas shooter, he had a bump stock, supposedly, um, and supposedly there's only one shooter, by the way listening to some of that stuff and being into the field that we're in, mm-hmm. that guy was a genius. Um, I mean, I know guys that are goddamn great shooters and they couldn't even, you know, do that, that shooting that fast with mm-hmm. reloads. So you can't go ahead and just walk into a store and buy a machine gun. You can't, if you try to buy a machine gun right now, you'd have to come see me. The paperwork is exorbitant. Um, it takes, Oh, well, to buy one, it has to be manufactured before 1986 and licensed with the federal government. Every full auto machine gun before 1986 that was out there gave a amnesty program. They would send on their, their um, serial numbers, and then they know exactly where every one of them are, mm-hmm. whether they're destroyed or in private collection. If they're not on the numbers, then it's illegal, and you're doing about 10 years in federal prison. So I can go ahead online right now because I'm a Class 3 dealer and buy mm-hmm. a full auto machine gun for you, and it costs starting... $12,000. Maybe, yeah, right around twelve is light. Um, usually they're running thirty, forty, $50,000. So it ain't like any crackhead's going to go buy a right. machine gun yeah. or somebody that's not you know all there. Um, and then you got to get it in the shop. So we get it in our shop. After we send the seller all of our information, they come in and um, 
we call you up. We do fingerprints, photographs. We send information into the ATF. They turn around and do a background check on you that is going to tell you if you have polyps or not in your lower intestines. So it's thorough. It's thorough. Wow. So after about a year, they're going to come back and say, yep, Coop can have it. So we're going to give it to you, and then they can come check it at any time. They'll send you letters and say, hey, you still have that firearm? And you have to take pictures of it and send it in to them. And, yes, you will. Um, at that time, then if you want to sell it, it has to go through all that process again. So not anyone can do that. They also do that with silencers. Now, mm. silencers are a great tool for hearing protection. Right. So we're all for silencers. However, they don't do anything that makes the gun more dangerous or less dangerous. It's less than what a scope does for a deer rifle. Right. A scope, a naked eye can shoot 100 yards. A scope can make you shoot three, four, 500 yards. We all know this. We all deer hunt. Um, so that's, that's what an optic does. But a silencer doesn't do anything except quiet it down. No matter what kind of mob movies you watch, no one's going to get shot in the back of the head of the twenty-two anymore, at least in our world. <laughs> Damn it. They're going, yeah. I mean, not saying, it don't, yeah, not saying it don't happen. But, <laughs> um, you know, a silencer is basically just a can that makes it muffled down. And right. we sell them at the shop, and we probably sell 30, 35 a year. Was it, was it California? Did California ban silencers? I believe California okay. banned silencers. Yeah. So that makes no fucking sense to me, like, at no, all. None like, at all. So now, regardless if you have the, obviously you have to attach a silencer to something. Right. It doesn't really make no. a, yeah. That's, Nothing at all. But yet you can get a triple cheeseburger and make your ass fat and die of heart disease. Oh, well. In California. Potato, potato. Right. Or a double potato with cheese <laughs> and some sour cream. Bacon. Yeah. Oh, man, don't talk about bacon. <laughs> don't get me started. So... So that's, I mean, that's the kind of thing that we fight every day, you know, right. or, or answer questions. Not so much fight, but people come in and they don't know what they don't know. So we had to explain it all to them. And they're like, I can get a silencer. And it's like, heck, yeah, you can get a silencer. And we help them out. I mean, we have teachers. We have doctors, lawyers, um, uh, business people, house moms that want silencers. Just because they can go out in the back 40 or the back field and shoot a 22 with their kid and not having to worry about, you know, if their ears fall off, them losing their hearing. Right. So it's it's a great little tool. Um, they're fun to shoot. It takes recoil away. Besides, so um, and it looks badass. It does. So I'm a Boondocks Saints fan. Yeah, exactly. Seeing it on my, on my fingers. I have the <laughs> the doorstop there. I, I, that was a, a great uh, segue, as we call this in podcasting. I think. I think that maybe there's a lot of preconceived notions about people that go to gun ranges, uh, but that go and want to shoot, and that go and want to purchase a gun. The vibe I'm getting, and after researching you know the the page and watching your friday stuff this isn't just dudes that want to go out and blow shit up you know not to categorize them in one you know bubble but it's not just dudes that want to blow shit up that are coming out to to shoot i mean it's it's kind of all walks of life probably all political views all ages all demo i mean it's all demographics that are coming out to to do this kind of stuff it is it's crazy um when i grew up we had little gun shops and there's still little right. gun shops floating around um it's hard to make it. They've been in business for a hundred years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd go in there and guys would be smoking and they'd be cussing and telling dirty jokes and probably drinking a beer and this and that. They weren't carrying a gun. They had a shotgun behind the counter and right. they'd shoot anyone that came in and disagreed with them. It was their political views and that was it. Um, as I grew up and came to Eau Claire, there was still a few of those shops kind of, you know, talking about political stuff. And, and um, obviously, if you're in the gun world, you're on the Second Amendment and whoever is voting for the Second Amendment is their friend. Um when I, when I started doing my bodyguard work and stuff, I traveled around the country, and I came home, and my wife, my girlfriend, our friends, we'd go into gun shops or big box stores, and I'd see how the salespeople would come up to me and talk to me about guns, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm looking for a gun for my wife. And they'd be like, oh, and then they'd turn around to me, and like, she'd probably like this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she, she's right there. Yeah, she, she's right here. She hates when you ignore yeah, her, she, by the she's way. She's kind of hot. <laughs> um, so she's looking at how she's going to take her throat out right now. Um, and he's like, well, you should get her a nice little 380, you know, or a nice little this or a cute little that. It's like, is a cute little thing going to shoot somebody in the fucking chest? Right. You know, if they break into our house? And they're like, well. Why would you want to do that? Well, I'm not buying this to give you the bonus, you know. Or, or <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a purpose behind this. Right. Yeah. So that differ differentiates us from everybody else. All of our guys, I told them when, when I hire them, I'm like, look, I go, if a husband and wife come in the thing, and some guys don't like this, and I've had a, guy, a couple guys talk to me about it, and they say, yeah, I'd like to buy my old lady a gun. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. One of these guys. I'm like, okay, ma'am, so what were you thinking of? And then he answers it as I'm looking at her. Well, she's probably going to get like a 380. Again, I'll thank you. Look at her. So, have you shot a 380 before? No, she hasn't. 
I'm seriously going to take you in the nuts. <laughs> like right now. It's so, going to happen. You know, I'm like, sir, I'm, you know, she's going to carry it. I'm going to talk to her if you don't mind. And he's like, well, I'm buying it. Great. You can leave your credit card here and just go <laughs> hang out or go in and shoot or whatever. But if she, and, right. and you can tell the, you know, first off, the old lady thing drives me nuts. It just, we wouldn't be here today yeah. <laughs> if I had ever and would ever call my wife my old lady that right. would, I would not be here it would be the ghost of Cooper exactly yeah so the the thing with my guys and my guys I say my team is is Kristen Laura and 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 all of our ladies Tara that work there as well if they ever show disrespect to to our clients our customers our friends that come in um and and they start telling them what they want then it's time for them to to find a different profession or a different yeah. job um you know we we talk to them we want to know how you're going to carry it where you're going to carry it um what have you shot before what are you thinking you know is it just going to be for home defense it could be as simple as a 22 and people are like well 22s don't kill people i'm like oh no you're a goddamn bullet bullet <laughs> expert i'm like have you ever been shot in the foot with a 22 did you watch a lot of csi exactly yeah and and they're like well no i'm like if your wife can put 10 rounds in the chest cavity of a of us you know somebody breaking into their house it's probably going to stop the stop the threat and they're probably going to die after a while and they're like oh yeah i didn't even think about that but you know they wanted to shoot a forty-five or nine mil or something like that, so we want and probably about sixty percent of our clients are new shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about forty percent of them are women. Um, like tonight we have a TWAW meeting. It's the third Thursday of every month. We host the Chippewa Valley's women's group, gun owners group right. at our shop, and it's great. I mean we have professionals. We have um, some teachers, some um, principals. Um, house moms, soccer moms, doctors, attorneys, you name it, they're there. And there's an average of anywhere between 20 and 35 women that come each each uh, each Thursday that we have it. And it's great. Um, we really enjoy watching them come in and watching them grow. Mm-hmm. And then we then usually they'll bring their kids in or their grandkids or their nieces or nephews. And we assist them with getting into the shooting sports and trying to hook them into an organization locally in the Valley somewhere that they can do it safely mm-hmm. without without having to put a lot of money into it. Have you seen the numbers um, that, have, are, that come through your doors and, and maybe your eye on the national scene um, in the gun world? Have the numbers gone up of people that are coming in and wanting to learn and wanting to purchase and wanting to conceal carry? Are those numbers on the increase? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. definitely on the increase. We're seeing more, um, you know, your right or left, and I'm not sure if that's what right and left is as far as the – political parties really because yeah we uh, talked about that too it's right now everybody i think gets to pick and choose what yeah. you know i like this about this and this about this yeah. exactly so we see them come in and they're like you know look i i voted for someone so i'm like i don't care who you voted for right what are you here for you know and they're like well the world's getting crazy now you know i mean everyone's doing this and people are eating bath salts and eating other people and stuff you know in florida so i'm like we're fucking eating. bath salts man I, i'm like and you know, fucking florida dude right. seriously man what the fuck I, is going on down i'm there? like you know we're in wisconsin but I, I, i'll give you that <laughs> but but somebody on bath salts could run up here in about three and a half hours seemingly <laughs> right so um and they come in and you know it could be the stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad or mm-hmm. you know the single mom or dad and they're like you know it's just the neighborhood's going to crap you know i mean there's drugs over here there's this over there I just need something to protect myself and not knowing my neighbor that's been living next to me for a year. And I'm like, well, why don't you? Well, I don't, they, they look scary. They must have tattoos, right? <laughs> they probably do. It's probably Cooper. It's probably my fucking neighbors that are out there. I saw your neighbor. I was watching him earlier. <laughs> he knows me. It's all good. good. There's a lot to be said about respecting your own protection. And I think protecting a family, uh, protecting your household. I think the majority of people who are going out, purchasing weapons and learning. And that's, I think that's the key thing is, and and you stated it, learn how to use the motherfucker before you're just right. like, well, I got one and it just sits there. Like it's, if you put in a situation where you need to use it, if somebody is breaking into your house or your crazy neighbor that lives right back there um, happens to be, you know, on a, on a binge one night, right. you want to know exactly what you're doing. So it, it, it's good to see that, that the numbers are going up because that means that people are not only learning about what they're doing, but are also taking care of not only themselves, their families, their neighborhood, because it takes one. You know, yep. that's all it takes. And that's what our big thing is. Okay, we don't care where you buy the gun. We're actually partnering up right now with a couple of big box stores, um, and giving them flyers that give their people that buy handguns five percent off 
at a training facility at our place. So it doesn't say anything about us selling guns. Mm-hmm. You can buy wherever you want. We don't care about that. We might bust your chops when you come in a little bit. But that's a, <laughs> okay. You know, you know I could. Yeah. I know a guy. But you can buy guns other places. We understand that. But the best training that we've been told is by far. People tell us that we're good at it. You know, we know what we know because we go out and get other training from other places around the country. And we might take one. Pe- we might pay a thousand dollars for a weekend class and take one piece of that knowledge and bring it back and put it to use hmm. for people here. And that's how I've done it the whole time. So you know, we hire smart people, people that have been there, done that. Um, and we rebuild our, our training system all the time. So when people buy a firearm, the first thing you can do is get trained. Right. You know, don't wait two, three months because you're excited about it. Come in and shoot it. You know, I mean, take a private. We have privates. We have classes. We have probably five classes every week, seven days a week. I mean, it's crazy. Um, they can't, whether it's one person or 15 people, mm-hmm. we do. It doesn't have to be a concealed carry class. And a lot of people that'll buy a gun somewhere, they'll be like, okay, I need a concealed carry license. I'm like, you know how to load it? And they're like, no, don't you go over that? Not really. We do, but it's just a quick, right. quick, you know, it'd be like you having me run your soundboard. You know, you could show me now, I'd learn it right now, but tomorrow I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. Here's the on button. Exactly. So we want them to come in and practice and get get yep. on what we call get on the hook a little bit and um, put, put rounds down range. Because if, God forbid, somebody does come in your house or somebody does try to rob you at Quick Trip or wherever it's at, um, and you pull your gun out and you haven't shot it much, you're just going to be a victim. No. You're going to get shot. Most shootings, civilian world shootings, we don't mount up and go down the street and go kick in doors like you know, um, guys overseas do. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there, you're buying your Big Gulp, you're buying your cheeseburger, you're paying for your gas, and all of a sudden some crackhead comes in and starts lighting the place up. It's done and over with in under five seconds, right. a civilian shooting is. It's just statistically done. Mm-hmm. Um, so are, can you drop what you're doing, grab your firearm, hit the safety, engage competently without shooting the person behind them? Right. Because if you shoot that person behind them, God forbid, you're not the hero for shooting the bad guy. You're going to jail for shooting the innocent person. Um, and that's what we try to talk to people about. Um, we talk about real deal things like that. And usually, you know, a young lady today, she was probably 22 and, she was going to get a concealed carry gun, and we had her shoot some, and she just wanted to try some out. But I told her, I'm like, you know, safeties, they're good for at the house, but if you, I'm going to come up behind you, grab your hair, throw you into a car door, and then throw you in the back of my truck, are you going to be able to grab your gun and engage it? And she's like, holy Christ, because that just made me nervous there. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. So these are the things that we talk about in our training scenarios. I'll, I'll end with this. If you if you pay attention to the news, and, and we've we've tried to not – I think just as a as a as a mental clarity, I think we've, you know, we let's watch the weather and let's make sure that now yeah, well, yeah, I can get that on my phone. You know, right. it, it's right there. Well, sports scores, I can get that on my phone. What's going on in the world? I'm sure if shit happens, it'll fucking send me an update, and I'll be like, oh great, rug, fucking gonna die. But um, whenever the the gun conversation comes up, whenever there's a, a an incident that happens, um, and, and really at, at this, I think at this point of where the world is at and i shouldn't even say the world because i think we look through it at in this glass bubble that is the u.s when something right. happens here it's like oh shit you know right. this shit happens every day in a lot of these other countries that we are like oh well it's it this sucks here but over there it always comes up when uh when they talk about guns and when they talk about um ar-15s when they talk about bump stocks when they talk about all this stuff somebody's always out there saying well they're coming to get our guns they're coming for right. it you know like honest hard-working americans who are abiding by the letter of the law they have their license they have their conceal and carry they all the guns in their home are registered they're all legally purchased do you feel a a fear take the fucking guns away from the bad guys all day long you know cool have a turn-in program because they're coming out for that do you feel like that americans who are doing it on the up and up are they coming for those people i think what i've seen a lot of stuff and it's kind of a again this is a rabbit hole just skirt but there's some states out there which now calling the red flag law. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, um, um, I don't want to call them sympathizers, but anti-gun people in, in judgeship areas. Right. And they're saying, you know, hey, Coop's crazy. Um, he threatened me because my dog pooped on his yard and he's got some guns. I saw that. And what a red flag law is, is the cops come tomorrow. The judge orders a, a thing and cops roll up in your house. Take your guns. You got to prove that you're okay. So, yeah, that part's actually happening. 
Um, there's some states now that are, um, Missouri was just one of them that said there is never going to be a red flag law in our constitution available in our state. Right. If there is, the cops are not going to abide by it. There's departments that are out there saying, we are not, no, this is not what mm-hmm. we're going to do. This is not who we are. Um, but some of those states that are heavy, you know, you can only have so many rounds in your magazine. Mm-hmm. You can't have this color gun. You can't have that. You know, they're trying to push this stuff. And that's, you know, like you said, with the technology, this is kind of where it's going. Um, it, you know, at our age, are we going to see it? We could see parts of it, and right. we're seeing it now. Um, is it going to happen in Wisconsin? like to think not, but, right. I mean, the one in charge is the one that makes the decisions. Um, would it fly? No. I mean, up here? Right. No. But in some of the states, you know, Connecticut, that's it's already flying mm-hmm. out there. Maryland, conservative, you know, that type of stuff. It's it's kind of scary. I mean, we see guys all the time at these big gun conventions that we go to, or the you know the stuff that I deal in, and and uh, yeah, it's they're like this is crazy shit. Yeah. Um. So, but don't worry about you know for me it's like the drug thing's a bigger thing. Um. But, as as well it should be. Right. And I mean sometimes those two the, the two you know the two conversations intertwine themselves. Right. Um. Just with the nature of the drug business and south of the border issues and anything coming up yep. through there and um, when there's when there's money involved there's gonna be protection involved when there's protection exactly. involved there's gonna be guns involved I, I get that but you'd hope and i hope as as a current current see yep. yeah, the current non-gun owning meat eating bacon eating fucking american i hope it doesn't come down to um the government telling me what i can and cannot do right because i think Weaponry is is a is a clear and obvious target for somebody to come and say, well, now we now you shouldn't have that, or it's right. you know you can't have your you know blue and black uh, camouflage gun because you know that could be misconstrued as, uh, as you're affiliated with a gang and exactly um, you know you don't want to tip that iceberg and yep. like I said as a as a non gun owner I don't want that to tip an iceberg to say well now all of a sudden if you're uh, it, it gets me into like an FCC policy well now you know if you're running your own podcast out of your basement you know is this is all this equipment legally run into the ground is it ground wire running over exactly. here can, you know it can, if, if people start coming into houses and it starts with artillery you know it starts with guns and it starts with you know the things you have if that domino falls right now all of a sudden you can't eat bacon exactly you can't have this you're watching illegal porn I mean, not that I would ever do that because most of it's free and on the internet. Right. Um, a lot of people, I think myself, falls into that category because I don't own a gun. You want to own one? Fucking a right, dude. Right. Own them all. Have them all. I'm gonna go see Tank Guy. It's gonna be awesome. Yep. If you want to, you know, brew your own beer in yeah. your basement, have your friends come over and do it. That's fucking fine with me. I don't right. need the government coming in and saying, "Hey, uh, is this, uh, I'm gonna need some uh, money for this." Yep. So the ATFs and knocking on my door and asking, you know, where, where are you getting all this uh, this hop from? Like, well, exactly. I import it from. Far, far away. Uh, so I think that is a that's a, a very sticky subject. And if you are not a gun owner, you should be concerned about that issue right. because it is a big domino that could fall. And all of a it, sudden, if it's, it's just the tip of one iceberg, and yeah. it's just going to go through until the next thing happens. You know, I mean, these home home brewers. Somebody dies on the road because he's drinking at his buddy's house because he's a home brewer. There you go. They're going to shut all those down in that county. Yeah, and it doesn't even it doesn't even take a guy you know, getting into an accident, it takes a guy getting sick off of somebody who doesn't know how to, you know, exactly. run a, run their own home brewery here. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I think I had something funky for dinner. And now they're, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very sticky, uh, very slippery slope to, uh, to go down. So, um, I, I will, I will wrap up with this cause I know you spent a lot of time in the corrections, uh, field. Um, you also spent some time doing some, uh, some bodyguard stuff, which yep. is, is that badass? I mean, that just, it that, was, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm going Hollywood on it. I'm like, God, I'm just thinking of this guy, like walking behind, like Tupac. <laughs> that was a bad job. <laughs> that was a rough one. Um, we did, I was on a, I worked for a company out of Maryland mm-hmm. and, um, it was, it was cool. We we're all ex military men and women. Um, after a while I ended up running after about a year into it, I ended up running the Midwest. If you would, I was the, the point of contact in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, what I call an eight hour hit team. Um, it was before nine 11 and before all the contract work overseas. Um, but we would be, we'd get a call at that time. Pagers were the thing. Right. And it was either you're a drug dealer, doctor, or, you know, <laughs> let me and, check my beeper. Beep, right. Beep, yep. beep, beep, beep. beep would go off and we'd, we'd call landline in on a secure line and they would tell me where I was going. So I'd drop in. Within eight hours, I'd be boots on the ground with my team, and we'd be ready to work, whether it was consulting, um, teaching other um, Fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. as far as security, or working surveillance or whatever. 
Um, we'd be working for three days to, I think the longest I was out was like three months. Wow. So, and we'd run it between Canada and Mexico. Um, so yeah, it was a badass job. I mean, it was cool. We'd, we'd sneak guns on planes. It was before obviously nine 11. Mm. Um, we'd piece them together as a bald guy carrying a, you know, blow dryer and a curling iron because my <laughs> Glock was taped inside of it. You never know. You know, I like yeah. to, I like to shine this shit up on the top here. <laughs> yep. We always had knives on us. We right. always had Kydex stuff on us. Um, but now it's, you know, a little different, you know, everyone's got to be full beard and tack and, you know, look cool and stuff like that. You didn't know who we were. I mean, I stood out a little bit. Um, but you know, the ladies, the, the guys that looked like average Joe, mm -hmm. those were the, those were the guys that were some of your best operators. Um, it was a, it was a cool job. Did that for five, six years. Um, and then went into corrections. So, and that was because, like you said, you know, you get married, things change. They do um, dramatically. Yep. So after she stayed with me through all that time, and after being gone, you know, you kiss your wife goodbye, your girlfriend goodbye in the morning, and you plan on going to meet someplace for dinner, and then all of a sudden you give her a call when she gets off work, and you're not quite at Texas Roadhouse, but you're in goddamn New York working a job. <laughs> you're actually in Texas at right. a roadhouse. Exactly. It's Oh, sorry, Ev. I got our I got our plans mis yeah. And by the way, here. that wedding we're supposed to go to at your, for your sister is not going to happen this yeah. weekend. Yeah, but so, I but I got you a stand-in. Looks yeah, very I would. similar. I did have a stand-in. I had a couple of buddies <laughs> that were stand-ins all the time, um, and they awesome. went to a lot of weddings. But yeah, so then went to Department of Corrections, and that was basically for benefits yep. um, and to keep me kind of in the game. Um, they have a SWAT team, and they're basically the response team, and I jumped on that right away, um, and then did that for nine years. Um, did some pretty cool training with um, L.A. SWAT and stuff like that. Very cool. And um, Wisconsin State SWAT guys and um, got out of that two, three, year, three years ago, right after I opened Marcon. Very cool. So. Uh, Dan Marcon, Marcon Shooting, uh, all over Facebook. Uh, they're on the web. I do want to uh, just mention one thing that I just came across, and it's just awesome that you're doing the Tattered Flags program. Oh. Tell people about that because that's, I mean – that gets me right in the feels right there. The Tattered Flags program is basically when you're, you know, after badass winter like we just had, a lot of people still fly their flags in the in the weather, mm -hmm. which is, you know, we don't have to go down that hole. But if it's if it's destroyed, ripped or something, don't just throw it away. Um, you know, that's old glory. It des it um, deserves uh, the rightful um, send off, if you would. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we collect them there at the shop, just bring them in, set them on the counter. It doesn't cost anything. And what we do with them, we save them up. Um, I belong to American Legion up in uh, Birchard, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad's a commander up there, and they do what's called a flag ceremony. They were doing it once a year, which is on Flag Day in June, but they've been doing it now after we've been doing this, and some other places have kind of taken part in it. They do it a few times a year, so they do a whole ceremony, 21-gun mm -hmm. salute. They awesome. do a prayer, the whole thing. Um, because if you just throw it away, it's like taking somebody that served in the service that didn't come home and throwing them away. Right. You know, that's how we feel about it. So, you know, drop them off at the shop. You don't have to stay long. You just drop them off and no questions asked. Hey, that's where it's at. We also do have um, new flags for sale. We sell them for Freedom Flag, local guy. Yep. Um, you can pick up a new one there, and they're, they're made in the USA, too. So. Very cool stuff. Dan, thank you so much for the time. Man. Thanks Appreciate a lot, Coop, man. Have Thanks for hanging out in the, in the cave down here. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Next time we'll provide beverages, but I know you got, you got a class to go to and shit. Well, when you carry, you can't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next time I'll definitely fucking be. Fucking legalities, you yep. know. I'll call Uber and have me come over. <laughs> awesome, man. So welcome to the Cooperville Podcast. Dan Marcon, now Marcon Shooting. Thanks uh, for the time today. You can find us again on all your uh, podcast platforms including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Make sure when you do listen, you subscribe, and uh, we'll be back for Episode 5 next week. Thanks, people.